You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. So God is sovereign. That means he's in charge. Okay, that's all that means. It's a big fancy word to just say that he's got all the control. He's in power, right? God's in charge, right? Right? God's in charge. That's really easy to amen, okay? That's really, yeah, we're in church on Sunday morning. Uh, someone says, hey, God's in control. Amen, right? Yeah. It's a lot, of, it's a lot harder to, to walk out day to day, right? That's a lot harder to, to live out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on, right? And here's the thing is, is but that's, that's what we believe is we believe that we serve a God who's in control. We, we serve a God who, who knows what he's doing. He's a God, if he's in control, he is worthy of, of worship. He is worthy of devoting our lives to. He's worthy of, of, of sacrificing everything we have for him. And so if we believe in that kind of God, it should do something in us, right? Um, uh, David uh, was a man after God's own heart. And uh, that's who we're going to look at today, look at some things he said. I want to read this scripture real quick, but I just want you to rem- remember that uh, this is toward the end of his life. Uh, Actually, this is the last chapter. This is it. He's, by the end of this chapter, he's dead. So uh, this is it. Um, and we're going to read from First Chronicles twenty nine eleven. And uh, I think David, his, he has, he's, you know, he's said he's a man after God's own heart, right? Um, and he's been through some things. He's gone through a lot of things in his life. He's the king of Israel. And so there's a lot of things that I think we can gain from just this, these things that he teaches us or the things that he's saying uh, in this, this chapter. So I want to look at those things real quick. Uh, First Chronicles 29, 10 through 11 says this, and so David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. So God, David knows that God is sovereign. It's clear, reading there. David knows this. Why is that important? Why is it important for you to know that God is sovereign, that God's in control? You know, you know why? Because it doesn't, it doesn't really change anything about God. Your belief about him doesn't, doesn't affect him at all. But it does affect you, right? It affects how you live your life. It affects how, how you, you walk through your life every day. Um, God's in control whether we recognize it or not. But here's the thing. Is if, if tomorrow, when, right now it's easy to say, yeah, God's in control. But tomorrow, when, when things start to go a little bit iffy, right? When, when, when the, the, the things that you said weren't going to happen start to happen, when the plan starts to go off course a little bit, then what? then what? Then what happens? If we're focused on the right things, if we see God, that God is in control, then we, we'll begin to react with faith, with, with joy, with peace, with, with knowing that he's with us, Right? But if we, if we are focused on, uh, if we're not focused on that, then what happens? Then we begin to react with, with fear and distress and panic, right? We, we might, you know, get cynical or, or angry. Uh, that's what happens to us when we don't focus on, and don't see the world for the way it is. And it's really easy, I believe, in the, the, the world we're in uh, to, 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 to not, to, to, to forget that there's people out there, that people that, aren't they don't follow jesus they value things that we don't value and they are they are living a life without jesus and so they're structuring their life in that way 
And so we don't follow that way of living, right? We, we have to structure our life in a way where we realize that God is in control, that God is in control, and we are following him. And so, so that's, that's our place in the universe. And when we, when we accept that, when we truly grasp that every day, and it's a struggle. I'm not saying I've got it figured out by any means. I'm saying when we grasp that and we're able to walk through every day and know that, that God is in control, that God's got this, that, that uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking out any of your agency, okay? Don't think that it's just to float through life. That's not what I'm saying. But that you, you have free will. But, but here's the thing is God is in control. And when things go bad, he's still in control. When things look wrong to you, he's still in control. When things go off course, he's still in control. And so this is something David had accepted that God was in charge, and it made him who he was. And so I think there's a lot of things we can pick up from him in the way, what, seeing God in that way, seeing God as sovereign. He was the, David was the king of Israel, but he saw God as sovereign over him. And, and I think, it, like, just looking at the way he speaks here and the things that he's saying, we can learn a lot. And so there's five things, really, I think, that, that seeing God in that way, uh, how it altered David. And I want to walk through those things real fast, and then I want to give you some practical steps, some practical things you can do, okay? And then we're going to wrap up with some prayer, okay? The prayer team's going to be up here, and if you're going through something, if life is taking a course that you didn't expect it to have, take, and, and you're, you're worried, the prayer team will be up here in just a few minutes. Don't get too excited. We're still like, we're still a ways away from that, okay? Um, but, but I want you guys to prepare, because I, I want you to feel like, you know, that, that, that's why you're here today. That's part of why you're here. If you are going through something, that's why the prayer team is here to pray with you, and they would love to have that opportunity in a minute. Okay, so five things, then some practical steps, and then some prayer. Um, but like I said, this is it for David, okay? This is the last chapter, his last, his last hurrah, and what he decides to do is, um, is that he knows, he, he, it is his heart to build a temple for God. That's what he wanted. He wanted to build a temple uh, for, for the people to worship him. But that was not going to be his job. God, God said that was going to go to someone else. It's going to go to, go to, going to go to uh, 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 Sam, Samuel, his son, uh, Solomon, his son. Completely blank there. Uh, Solomon, his son, um, and so that's who it's going to go to. And so you know, David takes this moment. He knows it's 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 one of his last, and so he takes it to to re, to refocus everybody. To, to speak out of where he is and, and to prepare everybody for, what, for the job that they're about to do, to build this temple. And so it says in 1 Chronicles 29.1, David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. And this translation says palace here, um, but it's clearly not a, a place for people. It says that right there. It's for it's for God, but th this is so important to David. That, that this is what he does with 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 his you know his last moments is is to rally everybody and he, he starts gathering you know supplies and things uh, gifts to to build this temple he, because he sees God as sovereign and he sees the necessity for a temple, not a building now, not necessarily a building for them it was, but but for us it's not always a temple. It's not always about a building, right? It's not about a building. Um, but he knew that people needed a place where their lives could intersect with the presence of God. Like, like we just had a few minutes ago, right? Right? 
we, we, had, we had a moment here where our lives, our, our humdrum lives, intersected with the presence of God. And it's not just like, oh, well, the goosebumps and, and all that stuff. Okay, that stuff's all good, you know, that's, that's all fine. But we were reminded of the sovereignty of God, of, of his power. We were, we were singing about a way maker, right? That can make the darkness tremble, right? We're singing about a, a God that's called us out of darkness into a glorious day. We're singing about a God who's in charge, a God who is sovereign. And so, so we need these places. And these places, they don't appear naturally. I don't know if you know that or not. They, these things, the way our world's built, these, these little places like this don't appear naturally. Very, very rarely do they. Um, it, it, very rarely do, do places just pop up like that. But, but we can make places. We can create spaces uh, for our lives. And you know what? T today, this is a great opportunity. That's why Sunday mornings are so important. I know you guys know that. You're here on a uh, holiday weekend. I know you know that, that, the, that today is important. But that's why every Sunday is important. And not just Sundays, but there's other opportunities throughout the week. And we're going to talk about a few of those things when we get to some practical things later on. But remember, you need some built-in reminders that, that, like I said earlier, that your values are different than the values of the people around you. That the structure of, of the universe, the true structure of the universe, is God is in control, and we are along for the ride, and we are happy to serve him however we can, right? That's the true, that's the true order of the universe, and we, need that, and, we, and we need those places built into our lives. Why? Because I know our, our world, especially the, the Western world, uh, Western civilization, the way we, we do things now, right, we, we, uh, we, we go, right, we just go. We get up in the morning, and we go. And we got things to do all day, and we're going, and we're going, and we're going. And when we stop for a second, we're thinking about where we're going next, and then we, we go some more, and then we get home, and we're thinking about all the places we got to go and all the things we got to do tomorrow. And then we, if, we, if we do get a few minutes to, to you know, not go, we, we want to we put all that out of our mind and not think about anything maybe. And, you know, just, just enjoy some peace and quiet. And then, then we hit, hit the uh, bed, and it's next morning, the exact same thing. Just go and go and go and go. And so we need some places that are built into our lives, our busy, hurried lives, because if not, we're, we're going to mess up. Um, talking about hurry, that, 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 that is not a, um, being hurried and being busy is not conducive to a, to a, a healthy relationship with God. Uh, you know, I think some people think that, I think some people think that looking at Christianity, well, what, what people are really asking you to do is, like, if you have problems, just, just don't think about it and just go through life, you know? But that's what everybody's doing, right? Everybody's just going through life. No, it's about having these moments with God where you deal with these things, or moments with other believers where you deal with these things, right? And, and so we need to slow down. Uh, John Ortberg said this. He said, being hurried is a problem of the soul. It's being so preoccupied with myself and what myself has to do that I'm no longer able to be fully present with God, with myself, and with other people. I'm unable to occupy the present moment. Busyness migrates, turns into hurry when we let it squeeze God out of our lives. This is, this is the kicker right here. I cannot live in the kingdom of God under the sovereignty of God. <laughs> with a hurried soul. And man, that, I, I got this, read this this week. I uh, had a friend that pointed this out, uh, was talking about this to me this week and sent me this uh, link to, to read this thing. And man, I just, it, it just hit me. Like, yeah, yeah. 
when we're busy, we need these places to slow down. So, so do you have those places? Do you have those places where you slow down? Not just here on Sunday morning. This is great. This is a great start. But do you have those places throughout the week? Um, and so, so David saw this, that, that, we, they, that the people needed a place to worship. He, they needed a place to realize, again, that, 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 that God's in control and that we're there for him. We're there to serve him. And uh, he also realized, they also have to realize that, that the work is great, is what he even said. It's the enormity of the task that was ahead of him. Uh, they weren't, like, I, like we read a minute ago, they weren't building a palace for a ruler or a warlord, right? They were building a temple for God. They were building a place for their lives to intersect with God's, and that's what we've got to do. And, and, and uh, that's such, a, that's such a, a big thing. It's something that they didn't take lightly. It's not something they just said, okay, we'll get to it when we get to it. It was something that they were excited about and something they, they were preparing for. Um, and, you know, I think, like, you know, the task that, that we, the task that we chase after, the things that we go after in life, the goals that we set, the things that we want to see happen in our lives, what, what are they? And are they, uh, who are we living to please, you know? Uh, you know, if we're just living to please a boss or a manager or somebody like that, man, man, that, 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 that's a sad, sad place to be. I, I know, I've been there, right? Um, and it, because, you know what, people, people are, are fickle. You know, I used to do graphic design. I still do graphic design, but I used to do it like, you know, just uh, freelance. And, man, I just, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I just, I, I, I had somebody ask me this week if I would do it. You know why, why I don't want to do it? Because people are hard to please. You, that you give them exactly what they ask for, and no, that, actually, I want something completely different all of a sudden. And that's, that's hard. Why? Because people are fickle. People, people, their opinions go back and forth. People are all over the place. And so if we live to please people, we're going to be sad. We're going to be let down because people are all over the place. But if we live to please God, if we have the goals in front of us and, and see that the task that, we, that he wants for us, and we try to, try to reach out for that, as impossible and as enormous as that, that task may seem, if that's what we go after, we're going to be satisfied. Because uh, David and said, uh, said in uh, Psalms, he said this, uh, he said, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's who God is. is he's steadfast. He's always, he's always there. He's always, he's always got us. And so when we focus on the, the temporary, empty opinions of the temporary people around us, we're going to fill our lives up with temporary, empty little trinkets and, and, and things. But when we focus on what David said, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty of God, we begin pursuing something larger than we can imagine, larger than we can handle on our own, right? So, so tell me what the things are that you're chasing, and I can tell you who's sovereign in your life. What are you chasing after? What are you truly chasing after? David said, I have set my affection on the house of my God. Where is your affection at? Where's your affection? And like I said, th this is a task that's, when you, really, when you really see that, when you really look at that, of what the plan that God has for you, the, the, the things that God wants to accomplish in your life, get overwhelming and say, oh, little old me. But you know what? It makes you realize that if the task is big, you can't do it by yourself. And so, so David, by seeing this, the sovereignty of God, he saw the significance of other people. He saw how much he needed others. Uh, it, it, you know, they, he, 
he couldn't. He was the king, but he couldn't. He couldn't, uh, you know, gather everything they needed to build the temple by themselves. By himself, so he invited other people, to uh, the, the people to bring their stuff, to bring what they had, to to build this place to worship God. Uh, and so in verse nine, it's uh, he, he, it says, "Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord." David the king also greatly rejoiced. Why did he rejoice? Because he saw the people and he thought, man, we're doing this together. We're in this thing together. We're, we're doing something awesome together. And then uh, verse 17, 18, he, he says, now I have seen, he's talking to God, he says, now I've seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such prompt purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. This isn't you know, I think we think, like, we come to church so we can focus on God. And that's not all it is. It's not just because, you know, I think we think, oh, well, I focused on, you know, what God's doing in my life today. And, man, I'm, that's so awesome. But that's pre-K, okay? That's, that's, that's early elementary stuff, right? But when we begin to focus on what, not, not just what God's doing in my life, but when I begin to focus on what God's doing in other people's lives, when I begin to see the, the miracles he's doing in other people's lives, and I begin to see the way he's working all around me, all of a sudden I realize God truly is sovereign. God really is up to something here. God really is doing, uh, doing something. And I, I, you know, I, I want to be part of whatever that is. And, and here's the thing is, is that means that I, I, I want to I serve people. I want to serve others. I want to I help others. And, and here's the thing is, when we get to the end, when we get to the end of this life, do we want to say, well, that was fun. That was good. Or do we want to hear him say, well done. What, what, what do we want? What, what do we want? It, uh, here's the thing I, I, I want to ask you. Is if someone, like a film crew, were to follow you around 24-7, if they were to follow you around 24-7, what, who would they say you lived in service of? If, if, if they followed you around. I know, like, you ever been in a, in a fast food restaurant and, or somewhere? And, and fast food restaurants probably go to, you know, whatever, anyway. But, but have you ever been somewhere and like, all the teenage staff's hanging out? And then all of a sudden, the manager walks in, and all of a sudden, whoo, here we go. Busy, busy. If I got time to lean, I got time to clean. Um, Y'all know that. If you don't, you never worked in the fast food industry. Um, But, but, you know, that's how it is. If you were to have someone truly follow you around and see the things you do, what would they think, who who would they say it is you lived in service of? I think that's a a, a good, good, uh, you know, a, a good measurement of, of where it is, who it is we truly live to serve, and how sovereign God truly is over our lives, because, um, you know, David, it, it, you know, you can look at him and say, oh, well, David was the, he's the king, right? He's the focal point. He's the main character in this story, and he had been, if, you, if you're reading, reading uh, Chronicles, he has been for like 10 chapters, uh, 15, 20 chapters, I think he's been basically the main character for, 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 for all these, these chapters. And now all of a sudden, he is dying. By, like I said, by the end of this chapter, we are putting him in the ground. I mean, at the end, we're, we're, we're anointing Solomon. We're, we're, there's another king. Um, I had to say Solomon just so y'all know that I remembered his name this time. I really just worked that in. Um, but, but, but he had to realize that n- not just that other people had significance, but, the, but his own temporariness, right? The brevity of his own reign. That was something... And that's something we don't have to think about, maybe. We don't think about how temporary we are. But we are. 
And, and, our, and David's reign was temporary, and yours is too. All right? Things were good. Things were good for David, right? That, I mean, that, there were some good things that had happened for him, good things that happened to the kingdom of Israel. And, but still, David knew that as good as the days were, his reign was coming to an end. And so he wanted to use his time to help Solomon, to help the next generation. So, you know what, you can look back, probably, if you've been a Christian, um, any amount of time. Maybe, or maybe not, not long at all. But you can look back and you can say, there was a time where you call it maybe the golden days, right? The time, you know, I think depending on how old you are or where you grew up, it might be a different time point, you know, point of reference for you. But there's a time maybe that you think, oh, those are the golden days. Or maybe right now it feels like golden days for some of you. But there's, there, there's some of those, those places in our lives where we think that. But here's the thing is, I don't think we realize that a lot of those golden days that we had were because of the spiritual leaders that were placed in our lives that built those places, built those spots for us to recognize God's sovereignty, right? We, 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 I, I know when I look back on my life and I see the places where, where I would call the, the good old days, that's what I see. And so we can get busy sitting around and thinking about, man, them sure were some good old days. That sure was fun back then. Or we can sit around and say, oh, man, look at how horrible everything's going. America's just going to hell in a handbasket. We can sit around and do that all day long. We can do that. Or you know what we could do? We could make right now the golden days for the next generation. We b- could begin doing something as the church to, to, to pour into this next and prepare them for what they're going to do, for what they're going to see happen. Um, so, so are you leaving a legacy for those behind you? Do you, do you want to leave a legacy? Do you want to? Do you want to leave, a, or do you just want to, again, get to the end and say, well, that was fun. No, we want to leave a legacy. Because, and if you do, I think, I think if you're a Christian and you have been for any significant point in time, you need to be involved in some way of reaching the next generation. You need to be. Because I'm going to tell you, there is nothing more fulfilling, I don't think, in my life ever, than when I get to spend time with, with either young Christians, new Christians, uh, or those kind of things. You need to be doing that, whether it's, whether it's serving in kids or teens, whether it's, it's supporting their ministries in some way, just going to Becca or to Justin and saying, hey, how can I help you? What could I do to help you? Those kind of, or, or maybe it's with your own kids, or maybe it's with kids in your community, or maybe it's not with maybe necessarily kids or teenagers, but with just young Christians and people who are new to the faith. And maybe you just, you, you need to do that, pour into those kind of people. Look for people that need, need something. Leave, your, leave a legacy behind. Leave something for that. Don't take it all with you, right? Leave a legacy. And I think a lot of that you could, you could also do in, if, you're, if you feel that call to, to people now in grow groups. If you'd like to lead a grow group, we need some leaders for grow groups. Please consider it. Think about it. I hope God is messing with somebody's heart right now about leading a grow group. I believe he is. Um, awkward silence for God to mess with your heart a little bit longer. Um, so are you leaving a legacy? I, I, I think when we look at God's sovereignty and we begin to see, is I want to be part of that, and I don't, I don't want God to just do something in my life and leave it there. I want to leave something for the next generation. I want to leave something for the people behind me because, because uh, God's at work, some, at work in this place. Um, but I think the final thing that I see there, this is the fifth thing, is uh, 
is, 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 is it's revealed in that very first sentence that we read in that scripture. Can you pull that up? I don't have it in my notes. I don't know why I don't. But this, the very first thing we read, blessed, I'm sorry, this, that's it. Where is it? Uh, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father. Our Father. He calls him Father. That's what he calls God. Why? Because he doesn't see God as some dictator on a throne, but as a loving Father. And I want you to know, I don't know if you know this or not, but very rarely in the Old Testament did people use the term Father to refer to God. This is very, very rare in, in this matter when you're praying to God and calling him Father. Uh, that's a very, very rare thing. But this is how David saw God, is he saw him as a loving, caring Father. Um, and so he saw his when he saw God's sovereignty, he also saw the depths of God's love and just how deeply God loves us. You know, uh, when we focus on, on the little things, sometimes we can get focused on, on the way things are going bad. And it's like, is God, even, is God even paying attention today, you know? Or, but then if we focus on the big picture and we begin to take a step back and slow down and breathe and look around, we can see that God is truly at work in our universe, that he is doing something in our lives, and, and he's a, he, he is doing something. When we align ourselves correctly and we begin to see him there, it, it changes everything, and we begin to see just, just the, the millions of, of, of little love notes he's passing us every day, right? He's passing us, he's just letting us know that he's still there, he's still in control, he's still with us. Um, First Chronicles 29 12, David says, both riches and honor come from you, and you roll over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Oh, this is verse 16. says, O oh Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. Um, so it all comes from God. You know, I think sometimes we attribute the good things that go on to life to the things I did. You know, I made that happen. And this stuff over here, well, this is where God let me down, right? <laughs> a lot of times, I know I do it, um, but but a lot of times it's the other way around. Is God gives us the opportunity for so many great things to happen, but then, but then we let Him down, right? That's what normally happens. So is life perfect? No. But has God been good? Has God been good to you? I, I mean, I, I would have to say a resounding yes. Have, has my life been perfect? No. There's been so many times where I feel like just, just things have gone wrong and, and not the way I would have ever anticipated it and not the way I believe maybe God even wanted it to go. But I know that even in those things, God is still in control. God is still sovereign. Um, and and uh, so, so uh, it's up to you. And that's really where I want to close on. Is, is it's up to you. Um, David's, David said this in his prayer, closing, he's praying over Solomon. And he says, grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies and your statutes, perform, per, uh, performing all that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. So he's leaving it all there for Solomon. But it's up to Solomon to take it and go with it, right? And there's only so much that, that you know, I can do, that, that pastor can do, that that, uh, you know, your mama, your daddy, or whoever, or God can do. There's only so much. And then it's up to you to, to do a few things. You have to make it happen. And so do those things we've talked about today, to trust God, 
to make space for him, to chase better things, to leave a legacy. And when we focus on that, that on his sovereignty, we find those things. Uh, when we make space in our lives to be reminded of, 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 his, of how that he is sovereign, it's easier automatically because we're, we're constantly being reminded that it's easier to focus on the right things to not get discouraged, and it's easier to live out your faith in a bold way. So here's some things. There's some things I think you need in your life. We've been talking this whole time about having, you need these places where, where you, you, uh, your, your, your daily life intersects with, with, with God so that you can see that he's sovereign. And so I think there's five things you need, okay? And you can, you can have one of these, you can have all of them, whatever you want, okay? But the more you put in your life, I think the better you're going to be, okay? Those five things are signposts, waypoints, holidays, alarms, and voices, these are the five things I think we need, okay? Um, signposts. Now, wh- I remember when I was a kid, um, when we first moved to this area, we, we moved here, like, I don't remember, I was like nine years old or so, and uh, we, we moved off for 10 years or so, then came back, but um, back to Ruth. But the, uh, there was, I remember coming through, coming into Gardendale the first time, there was a sign, I don't know if it was the first time, but when we first moved here, there was a sign, and it said, Welcome to Gardendale. Nice people live here. Now that, that's, that's a weird sign, <laughs> you know. Um, and I thought, but but there's a couple things I learned from that sign. Is that one, we were in Gardendale. Number two, nice people supposedly lived here. And three, that so they needed a better slogan. They really needed somebody to help them with that slogan. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: is is when people drove by that sign, they they learn a few things, right? They learn, they remember that they're in, this is where Gardendale, it's where it begins, and where wherever you're coming out of ends, right? Um, and and, and remember that nice people live here. And if you're a person here, it's kind of a little reminder to you. It's, hey, nice people live here. If you live here, we're talking about you. You know, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. Kind of a reminder. I don't know if that sign's still there. I have no idea because I've passed it so many times. It's there in my mind. I know exactly where it, I can go right to where it sits on the road. I don't know if it's there or not because I've passed it so many times. We need those kind of signposts in our lives, Right? We need some places that, that when we pass by, we're reminded of where we're at, of who we are, of who God is. You need those things in your life. And you know what? You don't have to ask the city of Gardendale to come, come or Morris or wherever you live at, to come put a signpost in your front yard. You've, you've got jurisdiction in some places where you can do it, right? Has anybody ever heard of post-it notes? You ever heard of a post-it note? You can write things down. I don't know if I know you can write things down. You stick it places, and then it reminds you of things. It's amazing. You know what you can do? You can, you can, uh, have you heard of these things, phones? You have these phones? They, they, they're, they cause all kinds of trouble. But one of the best things you can do is just set you, set a, set a background on your phone that, that something positive, that something, a scripture that, uh, that means something to you to remind you. You, you need these little reminders. You think, oh, that's not a big deal. Like, I, I can't reset. I got Batman and Superman on the back of my phone right now, okay? I can't say much. But we think, oh, that's not a big deal. But it builds up over time. If we don't have those constant reminders, this is a perfect way, just a little way. And it may even be something else. Maybe think of a different way to give yourself a little a little sticky note that says, hey, hey, God is in control. No matter how today goes, God's still got it, right? Um, the second thing I think we need is we need waypoints, okay? A waypoint is when you're in one place, you go into another place. A waypoint's a, pl- a stop along that path where you stop. And I think it's what's good is we have some places we almost stop habitually. We just almost instinctively stop, right? I know that place for me is Chick-fil-A. Like, if, if, the, if I'm going anywhere and Chick-fil-A is between, I'm, I'm there, especially in the morning. I, man, you can hate on the chick, chicken sandwich all you want. 
But them chicken minis, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, okay? Um, thank you. I feel it today. Um, but it's Sunday. Monday's coming. Um, but, uh, the, the, but I mean, honestly, sometimes I just appear in the parking lot of, of Chick-fil-A. Like, I don't even know how I got there. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm like, man, I was supposed to be going, like, up, up the street somewhere else. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Chick-fil-A. I was supposed to be going to, like, Nashville or something. Instead, I'm in Chick-fil-A in Gardendale with a hard hat helping them get going. Come on, guys. we got to get the chicken minis on the grill, you know? <laughs> um, but we need those places. And, and you know what? You can build those into your life. You can build some places into your life where you, where you stop and where you find those places. And it doesn't just have to be here on Sunday mornings. You can build those places, those, those these other ways. You can have that, that daily time with God where it, it don't even matter. You, you hit the alarm clock, and all of a sudden, you're, you're, on, you're on your knees. And you're like, how did I get here? How, oh, yeah, this is what I do every day, right? You can have those places, those waypoints. Um, third, it's holidays. So it's a holiday. A holiday, y'all know what a holiday is. It's something that you do every year, and you, and you go through these, these holidays, and you have these traditions, and there are these things that you have to go through, and, you, and what, why do you do them? You, to celebrate things, right? To bring things to your remembrance. There's, there's dates on the calendar where life goes a little differently to remind you of, of something, you know, something special, right? We need those kind of holidays, and you can have them as much as you want. You know what? Sometimes Tuesday... You, you, you have like a Tuesday that goes, you, y'all know how Tuesday goes. Like Tuesday may be different than Monday, right? You might have a different work schedule or something. And you can, you can have those days all the time. Today, right? Today's kind of a, a special day, right? If it come, comes on Sunday morning, this is, a, you know, we've made it kind of, kind of almost a holiday every Sunday. We, we, this is what we do, right? And we can do that thing daily, and we can find those ways other days in the week that we have these times that we, we get together with our family or we do something special with uh, with our friends or we go to grow group and we we you know, i'm gonna plug it we're gonna go to grow group and we're gonna be reminded of the things uh, of, of the truth of the way that the world is, is set up and the, the fourth thing we need is well, i think we need alarms okay and like i said our phone phones are good for for a lot of things but you know you can set reminders on there all the time you can set reminders i, I get reminders um, from facebook good and bad I get reminders of, of everybody's birthday. And, man, it was so good at first. Like, I, I know who, when everybody's birthday is. This is great. And then suddenly I stopped getting notifications, and it was like, I don't know when anybody's birthday is anymore. And, and you know, I'm lucky to get anybody's. Uh, but, but we had those little alarms that remind us of things. And you need those things in your life. You need to set reminders. Not, we, we set reminders for all kinds of things, right, to pick up things from the store or to, to, to go places. Could you set a reminder that God is good? Could you set a reminder that God's still in control? Could you set, set an alarm for that? Uh, we need those things. And the fifth thing I think we need, and maybe this is most important, is we need voices. We need voices that remind us that God's in control. And we talk a lot here about that stupid friend. And I'm talking about maybe something, uh, something a little bit, maybe not deeper than that, but maybe just different than that. We need to, to al- check out the voices that are coming to our life. That could be media, that could be, be friends, co-workers, whatever it is. Check out the voices that, are, that we're allowing to speak into our life. Some of them you can't control, but there's some that you can counterbalance. And you can, instead of, you know, I'm going to turn off the radio today and, and listen to a, a, a podcast today, or I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to some worship music today on the way to work and be reminded, again, of that way maker. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, whatever it is, there are ways you can get those. And, and finding friends who are like-minded Christians who will, who will you know, support you will remind you that when you're going through something that you need 
to remember that God is in control, that God is sovereign. And you need those things. And again, this is why grow groups are so important. We want you to be a part of grow groups. If you haven't, I've already mentioned it three times. Please find a grow group and be a part of one. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.